Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Playoffs, 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 playoffs. The Eagles are in the playoffs. It's official. Kind of figured it on Sunday night. That's why we were talking about it. But guess what? The Eagles are in the playoffs. They made the playoffs. They've made the tournament. They can win the Super Bowl. I know. I Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say that. You can't say that stuff because then you're, you're labeled as delusional. You're one of the 14 teams. There's, here's a spoiler. After Sunday, there's only 14 teams that can win the Super Bowl, right? That's more than half the league is now eliminated from contention. The Eagles are one of those 14 teams that can win the Super Bowl. And I get it. Oh, well, you, you can't hope for that. You just got to... If you are not hoping that the Eagles win the Super Bowl, then you're not a fan, right? Like, that's the goal here. You don't... You're, you're, if your goal is to make the playoffs, you're a loser, I'm sorry, that's, that's a loser mentality, right? Well, what, what Sirianni say? Dog mentality? Well, that's a dog mentality. Dog mentality isn't make the playoffs. No, your goal is to win the Super Bowl. Your goal is to get in the tournament and win. There is no... You earn zero, zero respect getting in the tournament and then just getting bombed in game one that that's if you think that's like a, a victory on the season then you're completely out of your uh i mean seriously you've, you've lost the plot if you think that's what's going on here listen we're a playoff team i'm thrilled i couldn't be happier we are a playoff team the eagles are in the playoffs now i mean when you look at the the whole season i mean has your opinion of Nick Sirianni changed. I'm sure it has. Of course it had to. He was abysmal for the first seven weeks. And I know people like to go back on old clips. And they'll go, ha, ah, you were saying he could have been one and done. If he kept coaching the way he was coaching those first seven games, heck yeah, he could have been one and done. But he adjusted. He, he tailored the offense. I, I get it. Everybody thinks this has just got to be run heavy, which is absolutely out of control. Like, if you're one of those people that just sits there and goes, "Oh, I, I want the Eagles to run the ball every down," I mean, that, that, that you'll never win. They're never. Here's a spoiler: They're not going to beat the Buccaneers. You're not going to beat the Rams. You're not going to beat the Packers. You're not going to beat the Cowboys. You're not going to beat the Cardinals by just running the football. Don't work like that. Jalen Hurts has to be able to throw the football. So, so this idea that oh, just running the football. No, we became a much more run-heavy team. Absolutely, I have no problem running the football because it just puts us in more advantageous, you know, third-down situations. That's for sure. Dropping back Hurts like the Cowboys game was like almost criminal. What he did to Hurts in that game, it was arguably one of Jalen Hurts' worst games, and we ran the ball three total times in the whole game. I mean. That doesn't work for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. It ain't going to work with the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. It ain't going to work with any team. It ain't going to work with the 49ers with Joe Montana. But he has obviously turned it around as a head coach. His play calling has been infinitely better since that point. And I think his passing, like, I know that everybody's like, oh, we're all run head. He's put some really good pass concepts in as well. Now, has Jonathan Gannon impressed me since then? Absolutely not. This Eagles defense being a top 10 unit is just, it's, uh, you know what's funny? When we, we talk about this with the Eagles being a top 10 defense, I actually do believe the Eagles have talent on defense. I really do. I mean, think about this. We have a guy at corner who's potentially an all pro in Darius Slay. Avante Maddox has been 
an incredible slot corner this season. He has had a great season. I put my hand up. I thought he could play outside corner. He did it as, you know, what, the year we... The year after we won the Super Bowl, he was really good for a stretcher on the outside. He has figured out how to be an inside slot corner. He's been incredible. He has been incredible. Steven Nelson, well, Steven Nelson is probably, you know, obviously he's the guy they're going to go at, especially these better teams. I mean, that's what you're going to have to watch. Like if you play the Rams, Beckham, they're going to go after, they are going to go after Steven Nelson. You know, if you play... The Buccaneers. Tom Brady's going to go after Steven Nelson. They're not going to go after Darius Slay. They're going to go after Steven Nelson. So it's going to be, can Steven Nelson hold up? But here's the thing with Jonathan Gannon. Am I, do I think the defense has drastically improved from the first seven games? I, again, we have a, a, a game inside of these last where we've played really well, where we went, you know, seven and two since, right? Well, the Chargers game was in there, and they didn't punt. And Justin Herbert is, by leaps and bounds, the best quarterback we've faced in the second half of the season. It's not even close. I mean, the second best one is, you're flipping a coin here. Is it Bridgewater, or is it Daniel Jones, or Taylor Henneke? That's seriously what you're arguing. I mean, so these stats for the Eagles have, of course, they've skyrocketed. you got Garrett Gilbert on three days starting a game. Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon, two guys that aren't even NFL players. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, yeah, your, sky, your stats are going to skyrocket with that, but I mean, do I think Jonathan Gannon's made these great adjustments? Sure, he's done some back-end things, I guess, that people are, are, are all happy about. But most importantly, he doesn't blitz, really. When he does, it's actually it actually works. So it blows your mind that he doesn't do it more. Um, I, I don't really believe, like, okay, he's not playing that too-high shell exclusively now. He's moved TJ Edwards in. I mean, they cut Eric Wilson, and that's been a drastic improvement because TJ Edwards is 100 times better than Eric Wilson was. Alex Singleton's out there now for Davion Taylor, and I get it, Alex Singleton could be a little bit of a liability in the pass game, but he's been fantastic in terms of tackling. He leads the Eagles in tackles. In fact, he's broke the single-season record for the Eagles for tackles for a season, and he didn't even start every game this year. He was benched for a couple games. Am I impressed with Gant? Listen, this whole idea that Gannon can be a head coach, I mean, good, please. Like, we all want that to be the thing. We talked about it the other day. I, I think that he's our biggest liability in the playoffs. If you ask me what's the biggest thing the Eagles have to overcome to win a playoff game, it's going to be Jonathan Gannon and his passive, soft-ass defense. That's without question. Now, has Jalen Hurts improved? Yes. Jalen Hurts, I think, has taken drastic improvement from the beginning of the season. I mean, I know he had the biggest hiccup of his career in that Giants game, but again, he also threw two passes to win that game that were dropped. I'm ecstatic that we're in the playoffs because here's the thing. I, I and I know people are all, oh well, the schedule. Listen, the, the, well, the schedule that was for everybody. You know what I mean? Like that, the schedule, like the NFL. That's just how it was this year. A lot of teams were ravaged here in this last month with the COVID nineteen list, and I get it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like the Eagles, quote-unquote, earned their way in, but they did. You know what I mean? Like, the Cowboys played the same teams. So, I mean, if you're bullish on the Cowboys, like, we've only played two different opponents all season. You know? Like, (laughs) I get it. Dallas has a couple more quality wins for sure. They beat the Chargers, you know? But, I mean, I'm just sitting here. Like, if you're bullish on them for who they played, like, well, the Eagles played the same teams. And, here, and the best part was, at least the good thing is, the Eagles in the last month have been beating these teams pretty handily. I know the Washington game was a little closer than it looked, but they, they beat them, really. The Eagles controlled that game from the second quarter on. The, that was the Tuesday night game. 
They absolutely dominated the Giants after the first half there on Sunday, last Sunday. The Washington game was close. It was. It, it, was, a, it was a much... But again, it's a division game. I know people get all like up in arms. Oh, you didn't blow them out. Well, they didn't blow out the Giants the year they won the Super Bowl. And the Giants were a two-win team. Those are division games. They beat the crap out of Denver in Denver. They beat up New Orleans. So, I mean, the Eagles did beat some teams, especially some teams that, you know, like were, had playoff aspirations. The Broncos were in it till just this last week. And, you know, the Saints are still in it. Now, again, you didn't get the Saints version that you're getting now on the field. But, I mean, their defense was still there. And we put 40 on them. I'm ecstatic. This is great. It's it's just, it's it's great. We're in the playoffs. We have something to talk about now. And what I want to do now is let's talk playoffs. And first, it starts with this game on Sunday. It's been a weird week because in no scenario did you ever think that this game with Dallas wasn't going to matter for the Eagles. And it truthfully doesn't win or lose. Because when... Put it like this. The only way a win for the Eagles like, actually could improve their seed based on what they do right, would be if San Francisco loses and New Orleans loses. That's it. New Orleans would have to lose to Carolina, and the 49ers would have to lose to the Rams. That's the only way they go up to six because they won. If they lose and San Francisco loses and the Saints win, the Eagles are the six. If they win and San Francisco wins, the Eagles are the seven. You know what I mean? Like, so in all, like, and again, that is for legitimately just to be either the six or seven seed. Yes, there is one benefit to being the six seed that let's just say the Eagles are the six seed. They win their first round playoff game. And then the 49ers, let's say, are the seven seed or the Saints are the seven seed and they somehow beat whoever they're playing as well, then the Eagles would not go to Green Bay they because it's always the lowest seed plays the highest seed. So they would then either go to, well, let's just in like plan out this scenario. They would go to Dallas or Arizona if they're the four and five. That's it. So yeah, there is a benefit to being six if there's another upset, I guess. You know what I mean? Like that's, but that's what you're playing for. That's legit. And again, like I said, yes, if they win and then that ultimate scenario happens of the both those teams losing in front, like, but that's it. That's all you're gunning for in that spot. So, I mean, it's just advantageous for the Eagles to rest players this week. And again, this was a popular week with the Eagles in terms of what happened at the beginning of the week because they placed, you know, almost, what was it, 17 players on the COVID-19 list. And here's the thing with this COVID testing. It's voluntary or they're just randomly testing and it's generally a position group or you have to go to them if you have some type of symptom. So my guess is the Eagles all volunteered to get their tests because I think if you get tested and you're found on the list, you have 90 days where you're good. So they were like, hey, if we're going to just do this, let's do it now. And by the way, it's not even like if this game was Saturday, which it is obviously, it's not even like if this game mattered, these guys wouldn't be able to get off the list. You can get off the list in a day now. Like especially if you're if you're a vaccinated player, so I mean, uh, listen, it, it's and again I keep saying the word. Um, we made the playoffs. That's the most important thing here. This game, the main thing about this game with the Cowboys, and it's Saturday, which is odd. It was moved to Saturday night, um, and again that blows my mind with the NFL. They moved this to Saturday night, and it was like 
when they made this decision, they had to have a good idea that Dallas was pretty much locked into the four because they had lost. And the Eagles were just locked into the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't understand the NFL's thought process in this. And here's the thing. They really made a, a, a pretty big mistake, in my opinion, with this game because so Sunday night, the Sunday night game is the Chargers and the Raiders. And the reason that game was picked is because essentially it's a playoff game or a play-in game. Uh, the problem with their theory is that the Colts have to beat the Jaguars. Now, are the Colts going to beat the Jaguars? 99 out of 100 times, obviously, they're going to beat the Jaguars. But let's just say, for instance, they trip and they somehow get beat by the Jaguars, which, again, I get it. It's a 1% chance. But they lose to the Jaguars. Well, then the, what that brings into uh, play on set, uh, Sunday night is that the Steelers would have to win their game and to have still have a shot. And I, again, I believe the Ravens would still have a shot in this scenario. But regardless, if the Chargers and the Raiders just tie, then guess what happens in that scenario? They both make the playoffs. So they'd be going to the field, both teams knowing that if they just tie, they're both in the playoffs. That's why I don't get why that game wasn't put on Saturday night primetime. And then your Sunday night game could have been, and again, I know you want it to be a play-in game. Like the Eagles got this game last season because Washington was playing to get into the playoffs. You obviously want a team that has to win playing this game to get into the playoffs. I understand that. To me, the better game for them on the night side of it would have been maybe San Francisco and Los Angeles. And I know that the idea behind not doing that is because you didn't want the Rams to know that the Cardinals lost, let's just say, and that they don't have anything to play for, that they're like locked into their winning the division, but they still have something to play for because they wanted to be a higher seed. So, I mean, I don't know. I, and again, it matters more for like the Rams to be a higher seed in that scenario. Let's just say this. If the Rams could be the two seed, that's obviously advantageous because then they are just a Green Bay loss away from hosting you know, the NFC Championship game. Being the two seeds, very important in the second round because you then host the second round game versus if you're the three seed and let's just say all the top seeds win, which wouldn't be good for the Eagles, but you know, just in this scenario, the two seed gets the home game over the three seed. So I, I, again, they were going to have something to play for. The 49ers clearly were going to have something to play for. I think those should have been the games, but the NFL made this weird, wacky decision that the Eagles and the uh, Cowboys essentially could have a preseason game if both would like on Saturday night in prime time, and they're going to get what they get. I mean, it is what it is. Jalen Hurts should not play in this game. Absolutely not. I wouldn't even put him out there. I, again, I know they're going to uh, – listen, Jason Kelsey's probably going to go out there, even though he was on that COVID-19 list. I'm sure he'll be cleared, and he'll probably go out there because just to keep his consecutive start streak alive. So I have no problem with that if he wants to play a series, but that's it. Get these guys out. Because, again, I know you're like, everybody has this idea. There's momentum. They have momentum right now. You don't want to waste this momentum. It's, it's, listen, this is, this is a bye week. You know what I mean? You're getting a gift here. You're getting a gift in a, in a, by the way, this is a 17 week season. So it's like to have this bye week, it's advantageous. Take advantage of it. Rest your guys. Get ready for the important game, which is the following week. Now, what I want to talk about is that game because that's what this is going towards, right? We're, we're going to do a post-game show on Saturday night. And the thing that sucks about doing a post-game show on Saturday night is because we're still not going to have an idea, right? You're still not going to have an idea of who the Eagles are going to be playing. 
So what I believe is going to happen is we'll do a post-game show Saturday. I'm going to do a preview here on Saturday night over who I think it's probably going to be because more than likely the Eagles are going to be playing the Buccaneers. I mean, that's we're, we're going to go through all the scenarios right now. More than likely, my guess would be it's going to be the Buccaneers. But I want to go over all the scenarios now because I have them here about who the Eagles could potentially play and how it's going to play out and what you should you know pay attention for or towards on Sunday. And again, if you have a particular rooting interest, I'm not one of those people. I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? We, we, we can look at the teams here and go, you know, Tampa Bay obviously is dealing with some serious drama with Antonio Brown and maybe they're not playing to the to the level that they were playing at earlier in the year, especially when we played them. They're a completely different team. You know, Leonard Fournette is a little banged up. No Chris Godwin. Um, their defense and their secondary is still beat up. So, I mean, yeah, they're more gettable, but that game was in Philadelphia and this game will be in Tampa Bay. Now, let's just go, let's run through these scenarios. So here's the games, the key games for the playoffs, right? Obviously, Philadelphia and Dallas, which, yeah, it has seeding implications, but again, it's just so minuscule for both teams, but regardless, it's still on here because it does technically matter. Um, Carolina and Tampa Bay, uh, because Tampa Bay is still playing for a seeding spot. Seattle and Arizona, because Arizona's playing for a, uh, a seeding spot. In both those games, Arizona's home, Tampa Bay's home. New Orleans is going to Atlanta. Atlanta has been eliminated now, so it's New Orleans playing for a spot in, and San Francisco and the Rams. And the Rams are playing for a seeding spot and the division. Like So, I mean, they have a lot to play for. I mean, you want to win that division because one that guarantees you a home game in round one, and um, the Niners are obviously playing to get in. So let's just go off of the first scenario listed. Let's say the Rams win and New Orleans wins. Nothing else matters in that scenario. If the Rams win and New Orleans wins, it doesn't matter anything else. What would happen is Arizona would then go to Dallas as the 5-4 game. The Eagles would go to Tampa Bay as the 6-3 game. And New Orleans would go to the Rams as the 7-2 game with Green Bay still being the one. That is the two favorites, by the way, on Sunday. Like The Rams are favored over the 49ers. New Orleans is favored over the uh, the Falcons. If they both win... That is what you're going to get. It's going to be the Cardinals going to Dallas again, just like they were last week, the Eagles going to Tampa Bay, and the Saints going to the Rams. Now, let's go off of the assumption that the Rams win. They beat the 49ers. But Atlanta wins, right? So the two scenarios. Then now, then the result of the Eagles game does matter. Again, that's very... I, I, I wouldn't say unlikely so much because Atlanta could definitely beat the Saints. The Saints are, you know, offensively, they're, they've been struggling. Defensively, they've played really well. They I mean, they, they blanked the Buccaneers a couple weeks ago. But, um, again, you look at it and say, is that likely? I guess it's not likely, but it's definitely possible. Then let's just say the Eagles win Sunday night or Saturday night. It would be Arizona and Dallas. The Eagles would go to Tampa Bay and San Francisco would go to the Rams. They would get in the playoffs, even with a loss. Now, if Dallas wins, it would be Arizona and Dallas still. So again, none of this matters to Dallas. So in that scenario, it's still Dallas playing and risking their starters means nothing. They're still the four. San Francisco would go to Tampa Bay, and the Eagles would go to Los Angeles. If San Francisco is to beat the Rams, right? Know this. The Eagles are going to be the seventh seed. That's official, 100%. So here are the scenarios. If San Francisco wins, 
who the Eagles could potentially play. So let's say San Francisco wins because now, now the New Orleans game means nothing. San Francisco wins and Arizona beats Seattle. Tampa Bay beats Carolina. So expected results, right? The Eagles game, like I said, it no longer matters in that scenario. It would be the Rams go into Dallas because they lost the division. It would be the 49ers then going to um, Arizona as the three seed, and the Eagles would still play Tampa Bay as the two seed. Which, hey, I mean, that's, like I said, that's why the Tampa Bay scenario comes in to be the most likely scenario. Again, there's the one upset, San Francisco beating the Rams, but the two other favorites winning. Now, let's say San Francisco wins, Arizona wins, but Carolina stuns Tampa Bay. Do I see that happening? Obviously not, but it would be the Rams and Dallas again. It would then be San Francisco and Tampa Bay, and the Eagles would then play the Cardinals, which is probably the scenario people want the most. Like I, I'm sure, like some people want to play Tampa Bay, but you fear Brady. Some people want to play the Rams because you think Stafford's a turnover machine, but you fear that our defense doesn't cost turnovers. And then you look at Arizona, and they're hobbled. If you want Arizona, the scenario is you need the Rams to or the 49ers to win. You then need Arizona to win, but you need Carolina. Yes, Carolina would then have to beat Tampa Bay. Now, let's go with the other way. San Francisco wins. Seattle beats Arizona, and Tampa Bay wins. Now the result of the Eagles game matters again. So if San Francisco wins, Seattle wins, and Tampa Bay wins, in that scenario, and the Eagles win, it would be Arizona and Dallas, San Francisco and the Rams are the three seed, and the Eagles and Tampa Bay. Now, guess what? The same scenario plays out where Dallas wins. It doesn't matter to the Eagles, by the way, in that scenario. It matters to Dallas in that scenario. So that's why it's important. Because if the Eagles were to win, Dallas would stay the four. But if San Francisco wins, Seattle wins. So the Rams and the Cardinals both lose. But the Rams would win the division in that scenario. Tampa Bay wins and Dallas wins. It becomes Arizona and the Rams as the 4-5 game. San Francisco then goes to Dallas because Dallas jumps up to the 3. And the Eagles still play Tampa Bay. Again, this is why more or less that game with Philadelphia and Dallas. It's just really... It's all these extenuating circumstances. Not even dependent on the result. Like The result of their game matters in these like crazy scenarios. Then, let's just go with the stunner. Both teams lose. Seattle beats Arizona, Carolina beats Tampa Bay. San Francisco wins as well, so all the underdogs win. And let's say the Eagles beat Dallas. Then it's Arizona, Dallas, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, and the Rams. Now, the only scenario in which the Eagles can play the Cowboys in round one is this. They need San Francisco to win, Seattle to win, Carolina to win, and Dallas to beat the Eagles. In that scenario, it would be Arizona going to Tampa Bay, San Francisco going to the Rams, and uh, the Eagles going to Dallas. That's the only scenario which Dallas is the two seed. It would be San Francisco, San Francisco, can I say their name? San Francisco upsetting the Rams, Seattle upsetting the Cardinals, and Carolina upsetting Tampa Bay. So just, you know what I mean? I'm looking at that, and I want to go on FanDuel right now. Because I want to know what the odds are of those upsets all happening. Because that is the biggest bomb on the board there. So let's just do it. So if the 49ers were to win, they're getting four points right now. The Car- or the Seahawks were to win, and they're getting six and a half. Now these guys have to win outright, by the way. And Carolina, who's getting eight. 
A $10 bet on just that those three results would pay $365.20. And you know what? In that scenario, you might as well take the Cowboys because they have to win Moneyline, and it pops it up from $10 bet would win you $543.87. So if you're really, really just like one of those people sold that it's going to be the Eagles and the Cowboys somehow, some way in round one, for it to happen, place your $10 bet and you will and you will win $543.87. That means if you placed a dollar bet, just $1, you would win 54 bucks. I mean, that's how highly unlikely it is. More than likely, the Eagles are going to be playing the Buccaneers. In in the most scenarios here you see listed, it's Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. It's crazy. It's it, it's really like it it's almost weird because we're doing this and it's like the Eagles result of their game it is not I don't want to say it's not like it it's not really important. Yeah, there are a couple scenarios where the Eagles winning could help their dra or their positioning here where they can jump to six. But that's it. It's 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 not it and it's again, it's the major upset scenarios where it's like, for instance, the first one where it's the Rams win, Atlanta win, like what was it? Even in that scenario, if the Rams win, the Eagles are the seventh seed. I mean, it doesn't even matter. It's just who they would play. So their their result means nothing really. I mean, yeah, in this one here, if the Rams yeah, like it's so what we're generally looking for, if you want the Eagles to be the three uh six seed, you want the Rams and New Orleans to win. That's the easiest route to get there. The only other route is the Rams win, Atlanta wins, and the Eagles win. <laughs> so those are the only two routes. So yeah, the Eagles have something to play for, I guess, but same thing with Dallas. All right, so I'm going to give you guys a quick word here from Anchor. Come back, we'll do some thoughts now on what we're going to, you know, hopefully see here. And we're going to go over some news and notes that came out this week as well, like with, you know, the Mike Garofalo report about the trade that could have been. And also, I do have some thoughts on, you know, the Kirk Herbstreit comments from this week. But uh, let's have a quick word here from Anchor. First of all, on this whole Kirk Herbstreet making his comments about the college football players not, you know, caring about college football the way that he cared about it and Desmond Howard carried about or cared about it. Um, people who opt out of bowl games, I have absolutely zero issue with that because they are just glorified exhibition games. All they are are money makers for the schools. The bowl games are the stupidest of stupid things. Not one single person on this planet cares who won the Outback Bowl. They don't care who won, you know, the Sun Bowl. That nobody cares. It doesn't care. Like, I, and I get it. It's a big deal. It's a cool moment for some of the play. Whatever. I mean, that's awesome. But you know what I mean? At, what you are looking for in college football is to win the championship. If people are opting out of playoff games, okay, now we could question the player because he's putting, um, you know, future. And again, I get it. It's big money and all that stuff, but. You know, if I'm a GM, I do want guys that are they want to win, obviously. But I mean, I would never fault a kid who opts out of a game because, like, for instance, Olave and Garrett Wilson opting out of the Rose Bowl for Ohio State. Why do I have a problem with that? I would never have a problem with that. They weren't playing for a championship. They played their whole year in goal, and their goal was to win a national championship. And it was obviously over, and they finished the season. You know what I mean? Like, again, that's another thing. If somebody just opts out midway through their season because they have pro prospects, yeah, you're quitting on your team a little bit. But, I mean, 
that's what you commit for the regular season and you commit for the playoffs. You do not commit to play in a meaningless exhibition game that has a three-week break between your last game where it's just so stupid. So I get it why he said it. He works for ESPN. They have all the bowl games. Of course, they want all these players to play. But you want to make bowl games more important, expand your damn playoff, and guess what? You'll see more players playing college football. And guess what? College football will benefit in the long run from it because your regular season will matter more, and it won't come down to just watching a couple games at the end of the year for a result. You know what I mean? Like, more teams in, the better. The NFL has 32 teams, and four teams make the playoffs. College football has like 130 D1 teams, and four teams make their playoff. Just so dumb. It's just absolutely so dumb because it's just, oh, well, the regular season matters more. That's so, that's just garbage. Like, for instance, like Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati. And I get it, you put Cincinnati in because they beat them. That game was in, like, what, September? You don't think that team might be a little different? Both teams? Like, Notre Dame was playing good. I get it, they lost their bowl game. So, I mean, people think that justifies it. Yeah, because that, that, that bowl game really mattered so much. But, I mean, you could say that about a bunch of teams. Like, Oklahoma State played good in that game. Maybe they would have had a good run in the playoff. Who knows? But yeah, that that's just nonsense. It's garbage. So, just wanted to give my thoughts on on the ridiculousness of you know college players opting out, and I have no problem with anybody opting out of a meaningless bowl game. You want them to matter, or you want play, uh, college football players to play? Make the games matter. Then it's that simple. Just expand your playoff, and you don't have that problem. That's just what I think about it. So Mike Garofalo reports right that the Eagles could have had a fourth first round pick um, in this upcoming draft if they had taken the Bears trade because the Bears offered the Eagles the trade that they offered the Giants um, also and like people were shocked to hear that I'm like that's common sense like you you thought that the Bears didn't offer that same trade to the Cowboys they offered that same trade, I'm sure, to the Broncos. I'm sure they offered that same trade to the Panthers. I'm sure they offered that same trade to the Lions. They offered that trade to every single team, probably from like five forward, because they wanted to get Justin Fields. So yes, the Eagles could have had that trade. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, you would have had an extra four, a first-round pick this year. And again, at the time, you have no clue where that pick is going to be. Like, the Bears made the playoffs last year. You know what I mean? And I get it. You could sit there and say, but, I mean, they have quarterback issues, so be it. But regardless, they were in the playoffs. So, yeah, you're offering that trade, and like you don't know where that pick's going to be. And here's a spoiler. Even if it's in, like, the front 10, like, are you getting a guy as good as Devontae Smith with that trade? You know what I mean? Like, I, there were people that were, like, just thinking, oh, we should have did that. Yeah, it's cool. You could have like every first round pick ever, but it's like, are you getting somebody as good as Devontae Smith? And Howie Roseman, you know, made the correct call. Like he said, no, we're going to pick the player. That's why the Eagles traded up for Devontae Smith. They wanted him. They needed him. And clearly, guess what? We did need him. Now is like when it came to that draft, first of all, my hand is way up in the air. I was so absolutely wrong about Jamar Chase. I was wrong about Justin Jefferson. I was wrong about Jamar Chase. I was wrong about those LSU receivers because, I mean, I was just so high on Burrow that I just kept thinking Burrow made them better when it's like, yeah, they all worked in conjunction and they were all awesome. And Jamar Chase is obviously clearly the number one receiver from this class. It's not even up for debate right now. He's been incredible this year. Um, Jalen Waddles had a great season. He's got over 100 catches. And then there's Devontae Smith. And I know people think Devontae Smith is like the third guy, even Amon St. Brown, all these guys coming in, please. Devontae Smith doesn't get the ball thrown to him nearly enough. 
I think Devontae Smith is a really good player. I know, oh, he might not be a great... Listen, he hasn't been given, like, as many opportunities with those guys. Like, remember, our offense is a running-based offense. The the Cincinnati Bengals, that's a passing offense. Joe Burrow is an elite-level passer. Like, I mean, I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy, but we're not going to sit here and say Jalen Hurts is an elite-level passer yet. He's working to get there, sure. But, I mean, that's his strength of his game is his legs. So to sit here and say that Jalen Hurts is an elite-level passer would be foolish. And, like, when we see wide receiver stats, I mean, people get so fooled into thinking that it's, like, the wide receiver. Like, that is a teamwork. Uh, like, you know, you need a good duo to have really good stats as a wide receiver. I mean, I, I get it. There's some exceptions to every rule, and that's great players. But trust me, Devontae Smith, if he was... If you traded him for Jamar Chase, would Jamar Chase have the numbers that he had with the Bengals this year with the Eagles? Absolutely not. Would Jalen Waddell have the same numbers with the uh, Eagles that he would have had with the Dolphins? Absolutely not. Just not the way it was going to work. Not saying that Jalen Waddell and Jamar Chase. I mean, I had Jalen Waddell as my top guy in the draft. I'm not saying that they're not better than Devontae Smith. I mean, but to, it's also not a diss to Devontae Smith either. Those guys are really excellent football players, and he's an excellent football player. So when I heard that, that, that notion came out, should the Eagles have done it? Absolutely not, no. So they, they made the correct call. Now, um, the other thing that's come out this week is that there's the possibility that Kelvin Ridley is going to be available. And if the Eagles should maybe throw one of their first-round picks, which, absolutely not. No chance ever would I give a first-round pick for Kelvin Ridley right now. Not, And it's not because Kelvin Ridley, you know, hasn't played since October, you know, due to... What he's claiming, I guess, is like, I, I believe it's a mental thing going on there. I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, he's just opted out for mental reasons. Um, and it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with his contract and his age. And it, you could obviously be, it'd be more advantageous to draft a receiver in the first round. I get it. You don't get the established knowing that this is a good player. Like Calvin Ridley had 90 plus catches last year. Tw- I think he had like 1,200 yards. So, I mean, he's good. We know he's good. Like, we played the Falcons week one. He was the guy you had a game plan to take out. That first drive looked like he was going to go for about 20 catches and 200 yards. But you're not going to trade a first-round pick for him. Now, hey, if they say second, third round, now we're talking. Because you do want to get somebody to pair up with um, Devontae Smith. Because, listen, I know we rag on Rager, and I know he cost the Eagles a game this year, dropping two balls that were a win against the Giants. But no matter what, just taking, you know, all your the, the venom out of it, Rager is not a guy who's going to be able to fill the spot of being the number two receiver. It's just, it's clear and obvious at this point. He's just, it's not him. He could be used as a gadget player for sure. I think we can use him out of the backfield a little bit more. Absolutely. But I'm not going to be using Jalen Rager as my outside number two receiver. You want to get somebody to pair with Devontae Smith because it's going to then help Quez Watkins in the middle. Heck, Jalen Rager could play some in the middle then. You know, Greg Ward, because Greg Ward should be playing now, I think, We'll talk about that in a minute here as well. But if you could get that for a second or third, that's fine. But, I mean, there's also some good receivers that are coming off of that are going to be free agents. Like a guy like Chris Godwin. I know he's coming off a major knee injury. And I know Chris Godwin played majority in the middle this year in the slot, but that's fine too. Remember, the Eagles said that they don't designate their receivers into certain positions, that they move them all over. And you've seen it. Devontae Smith's been outside, he's been inside. Jalen Rager's been outside, he's been inside. Quez Watkins has been outside, inside. Chris Godwin could play outside and inside. You know what I mean? Michael Gallup was a guy that we were probably going to look at. He blew his knee out as well. So you might get some guys here that you can get on some cheap, prove-it type deals as well. 
So, I mean, I, I don't know if I want to invest, especially heavy draft capital, into trading. And I know we talked about the Stefan Diggs scenario a couple weeks ago that, hey, look what that did for the Bills. And I'm not ruling it completely out. But, again, I also, you got to look at the free agent market and a guy like Ridley. I, I don't think you'd have to give up that first-round pick to go get Calvin Ridley. Now, last thing here. Um, let's talk about this Cowboys game. With this game, you're you're not going in this game necessarily to learn anything here because that's not what this is. Like th- this is a basic game plan. It's a preseason game. This is a preseason game. So, I mean, what you're looking for essentially is like JJ Ortega Whiteside. Can he? Pl- he's going to get some chances here. Does he make some plays? And hey, if he makes some plays, you know what I mean. Maybe you look at him as an option for a play or two and maybe in the red zone if he has a couple good plays in the red zone. Greg Ward. But I mean I'm playing my receivers. Like that that's the group here. Cause remember, this isn't like it's a preseason game, but it's not a seventy five man on the roster preseason game. This is fifty three. And um I'm not sure who the Eagles are gonna be able to not pull off the COVID nineteen list. I don't know if they're gonna have like again, they have a lot of these guys still on the list. Uh I know Malvo's already up uh I believe Stevens, again, is up for this game as COVID-19 replacements already. Um, John Hightower, I'm assuming, potentially could be brought up as well for this game, which I would because, again, you don't... Devontae Smith, to me, shouldn't be on the field. Here's the thing. like You need Devontae Smith. You need Dallas Goddard. Those guys don't play for me. This is a game for Tyree Jackson. You know what I mean? Like He's got a chance here in the regular season to get some regular season experience. I mean, we, we've been looking for this guy all season. I mean, all you heard about was his training camp. Okay, well, here, let's feature him in this game. I know people are like, should Gardner Minshew play? Because it's the backup line. And, you know, what if Jalen Hurts goes down in a playoff game? You don't want to have to rely on potentially Reed Sinet. I'd play Gardner Minshew just like I would play Reed Sinet in the second half. It would be the Gardner Minshew first half, Reed Sinet second half. I would do that. Because remember, I know Gardner played against the Jets, but, I mean, that's very, like, just one game all season. It's like you get a chance to get him some reps here, get him some reps. You know what I mean? Foot, the best way to get ready to play football is by playing football. Jalen Rager's playing in this game, though, for me. Absolutely. I'd have Kenny Gainwell. I'd try to get Jason Huntley up if possible. Because um, Boston Scott was on that COVID 19 list, so you can use Jason Huntley as potentially a replacement for him. Uh, but Kenny Gainwell would be somebody I definitely featured, obviously, as your main running back in this game. Um, your offensive line. Well, I mean, you can't take everybody out, but Lane Johnson would be out for sure, Jason Kelsey. I would want to get Jordan Mailata out and Landon Dickerson. So, I mean, I'm looking at it like LaRaven Clark is there. I'd have him be playing. You have Toth, I'd have him be playing. Um, they could be your tackles. You're inside. You have Suo Peta. Uh, Herbig would be the center in this scenario. I mean, uh, unless you could try to get I believe Jariga still on the practice squad. Maybe get him up for this, uh, but you could have Herbig there. And I mean, my guess would be Dickerson does stay at left guard and probably plays this game, which it is what it is. You just can't take every single person out. But Dickerson would then play maybe Herbig and then Opeta. That's your line. Maybe Mylotta is there as a, as a backup. You could even start Mylotta if you want. Have him play the first series with Kelsey because those two guys I'm assuming will be active. Lane Johnson just wouldn't even be active. Defensively, you know, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, those guys aren't playing. Josh Sweat's not playing in my book. Uh, can't risk them. 
they're too important. I'd be cool with like you know Barnett, Kerrigan, let those guys play because I mean <laughs> maybe they could find something. Uh, linebackers, like I said, Edwards, Singleton, they wouldn't be playing. I'd let Jacoby Stevens play. I, I Patrick Johnson, Sean or uh, yeah, Sean Bradley, let let those guys play at linebacker. Corner Slay absolutely without question doesn't play. Zach McPherson, Josiah Scott, you know, um, Avante Maddox ain't playing either. Steven Nelson ain't playing. You know, you got all these corners, Ty Gowan, Kerry Vincent Jr., let them play now. You're definitely not playing Roddy McLeod, so I'd ease out. So I'd be Kayvon Wallace. Um, I'd still let Anthony Harris play because I'd let Marcus Epps to me is an important player too. So, I mean, like, I maybe Mar- I'm sure Marcus Epps will play instead of him, but that's what this is. It's an evaluation game in a way, but it's also a game where, hey, guess what? You're getting reps to guys that potentially might have to come in if there's an injury and in the game that matters next week. But we'll be back Saturday night. We'll go over the game. We'll go over what happens. And like I said, fingers crossed here. Nothing's been said. Sirianni's playing really coy with this. These starters ain't playing. Fingers crossed nobody gets hurt. You know, for both teams. You don't want to see anything like that happen in a meaningless game. And, you know, we'll talk more about our potential opponents and what we're going to be looking forward to and if there's any news. So I want everybody to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles, go. Go Eagles, go.